Hello and welcome to the Multiverse of Marketing. I am Crash and Burn, and with me as always is J.R. Sweeney. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, welcome to my nation's sickness. Uh, every nation has its own problems. This is a part of mine. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. Explain to me, like I'm five, Mm -hmm. what the point of this is. Because it's star, here's the the thing. So generally speaking, when you do a miniseries, and let's be clear, this this is a miniseries. Each issue has a different name because fuck you if you try to read it in order. But... It is a mini-series. It is a five-issue mini-series. The first two issues are Don't Do Drugs, which, okay. Pretty straightforward. Uh, the third issue is Don't Run Over Kids, which, <laughs> yeah. The fourth issue, I'm not really sure. Like, it intru- it introduces... um, It introduces a superhero we never see again who's in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. uh, which in which in theory i'm behind i'm i'm on board with but in (laughs) practice winds up becoming it has a tendency to go from hooray for empowerment to justify your existence and so so it's canadian okay cool (laughs) uh, and then the fifth issue is just like completely unconnected the the message of the fourth issue was bike safety (laughs) where the right writers show up yeah the right writers from the third issue okay whatever we'll get to that and then the fifth issue is you should appreciate the montreal expos while you still have them i don't think anyone's buying that um (laughs) So, all right, so let's let's get into this. I mean, overall, the, the point of it all seems to be, what if Spider-Man, but Canada? And yeah. like, sure. Like, so th- this is a weird series because it wasn't envisioned as being, first of all, a miniseries, let alone five issues. Originally, it was supposed to be three, and it was not released it wasn't like for sale. It wasn't like you could Have go to a store. Have we actually said what the name is? Real there quick. Is, so yeah, first of all, there is no real name to it. Technically, it gets sold under a trade paperback uh, as Skating on Thin Ice, which is the name of the first story and the kind of overtitle to the subtitle of the second story. But then they drop that shit because there ain't no more ice. Right. We're, we're done with ice. Well, I'm a, I have a, I'm sorry for talking over you, but I felt like we should get that out of the way real quick. No, you're absolutely right. The fact that this has no overarching name, uh, even or in Canada, point. we don't we don't have a name for it. Yeah, it's or a point. It, <laughs> it's it's a really unique book. This is uh, in terms of like marketing uh, uh, products, uh, things that were uh, made on contract. This is kind of unique there was of course a lot of stuff like this in the states but 
because this included a bunch of like intentionally Canadian messages and locations, uh, it's it's a more unique take on it. Uh, and there's a couple of contexts to it that make it kind of hilarious in hindsight beyond its face value hilariousness. Uh, so this initially was a couple of comics, uh, three comics that were released like one a year uh, beginning in, I believe, 1991, if I recall, uh, possibly 1992. And I remember getting these in schools. They handed them out like every class got a pile of them and you would get one whenever your school got around to the lesson of the issue and there i remember the right riders setting up obstacle courses and giving out all the stickers that you see the kids wearing in the comic book and the comic book was meant to like reinforce the use of those like arm signals and putting on reflective stuff on your helmet and and bike and all that kind of nonsense and and this is a series that I managed to collect with the exception of Skating on Thin Ice Double Trouble. I have all of these. I still have all of these issues because they were just given to well us. Done. And when when school gives you a Spider-Man comic, you don't question it. When, when the Blue Jays won uh, the World Series in 1992 and we got cake, we did not question it. This is the way of Canada. When one of us achieves something, all of us achieve something. And finally, we had achieved Fucking Spider-Man. Socialism, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, so uh, hey. I will. I will say, you know, it's weird. It's weird how hard it is to find these, mm-hmm. given that, by and large, like the first four, the first, the first two issues. The first three issues are written by Dwayne McDuffie, and the fourth issue is written by Scott Lobdell. And I realize Scott Lobdell has issues now, but they've both gone on to be <laughs> big names in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird that you can't find these even as a curiosity half the time. Um, right. Like the cover of the very first issue is a McFarlane. Mm-hmm. I can understand if he's holding it up for some damn reason, but like, why aren't they slapping that uh, on on the cover of a, a simple trade and throwing it out there and being like, here's the anti-drug Canada issues. Remember how wacky those were? Technically, it's a story. And yeah. uh, before we get any further, I, I want to talk about very briefly um, uh, a funny thing that happened to the production of this. So this was produced uh, by the... Uh, the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police at the Alliance for a Drug-Free Canada, which is was a federal body, uh, Right Riders Bicycle and Road Safety Program, and a couple of minor other organizations. Uh, the Alliance for a Drug-Free Canada does not exist anymore. Neither, I believe, do the Right Riders. And the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police support decriminalization and legalization. Well, the right writers I tried to look up because a lot of the stuff in this was way too specific. 
Oh, it's very specific. It, it, is, it is tied directly to a set of lessons that they would take you out of school in like grade one. And that's your entire day. You're, you bring your bike to school and you go through these paces. And what the if book you reinforces it. Uh, I rode the bus and they would allow you, this is the early 90s, to take your bike on the bus. Because there was only like five of us on this entire fucking school bus. Well, that may, that makes a difference. <laughs> it's Canada. You, you'd understand it. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so so Peter Parker is fighting Electro. And Electro is smuggling hockey pucks. Hockey puck. This fucked with me for years, by the way. I played hockey, um, and there is a stitch on the top of hockey pucks, like cheap hockey pucks, where it's just pressed together. Mm-hmm. And for years, every time I saw that stitch, I went, oh, that's got drugs in it. Mm. <laughs> because he is smuggling them in, like, I don't know what kind of hockey pucks these are that you can just, like, unscrew the cap and there's pills inside. I didn't understand in, that it was pills for the longest time either. I had no idea fairness, what drugs looked like. You know, I grew up under I grew up under Reagan and mm. like the just say no and like dare and uh all of the paranoia around like everybody's going to offer you drugs everywhere you go. Uh and so my modus operandi was to assume drugs were in everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I if I saw something at all irregular, I was just like, there's fucking drugs in that. <laughs> and my friends would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'd I'd just be like, someone is smuggling drugs inside that kid's Ninja Turtle. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's just one of the ones with the back, the, the shell that opens. And I'm like. For drugs. Yeah, how fucking convenient. <laughs> I, it was a weird time, is what I'm saying. It was, it was a weird, like, in the States, you got dare. In Canada, we got this. So, like, I'd say you, you know, came out ahead, uh, honestly. Yeah, we got some sweet comic books out of it with Spider-Man in well, it. Spider-Man no, went to Fredericton. Let's not oversell it. Let's Spider-Man oversell it. went to the fucking Fredericton. You know who goes to Fredericton? No one. No one. <laughs> there you anyway, go. Anyway, uh, so Spidey finds the puck uh, drugs that uh, <laughs> Electro is helping to smuggle, and they're coming from Winnipeg because. Uh, fuck Winnipeg. Uh, I, I have family I, who live in Winnipeg, and it's just, it's a very. Everything is made of the same kind of like quarry rock or like right. like concrete, and it gets dull in the winter, and it snows forever. It is yeah. flat. It is dull and concrete, and it's oh, it's it's the weirdest place on earth. And I live on the the east coast. I have like, aside from a couple of years around the country and in the kind of the middle of the country. I have lived on the East coast. I was born on the East coast. I need water. I need motherfucking coast. Uh, and being in Winnipeg is just like, ah, uh, my soul is trying to escape. What I, what I will say is whatever issues this whole storyline may have, 
Uh, one thing that they fucking nailed is how len- low rent Electro is. Like, he has all this power and his whole thing is just like, I'm going to smuggle drugs. And it's just like, really, man? You control, <laughs> like, one of, like, you control one of the fundamental forces out there, you know, like electromagnetism is a big thing. Like you could be doing so much more. And he's just like, now nah, I'm just going to sell some drugs to a kid. And you're just like, I mean, you know, your, your, you know, your role. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like, Good job, Pleb. Don't aim above your station. <laughs> like, you know, you know, some people know, like, you know, I'm not real smart. I'm not, I'm not a great planner. I'm not going to be Dr. Fucking Doom. That's okay. I'm fine doing low rent bullshit. You want to knock off handbag? I will use my electrical powers my mastery of electricity to get you a shitty handbag. And that's great. <laughs> I, I just like how there is a polar opposite in like gravitas uh, when it comes to electromagnetic powers that you've got like magneto shifting the very like magnetic forces of earth and, you know, like causing global chaos yeah. uh and, and being like really monarchistic about it like regal as shit and then on the yeah. other hand you've got electro like hey kid kid you want some, you want to buy some drugs and it's like why'd you shock me man it's sorry i can't help it uh but hey drugs yeah it's just like you know magneto is quite literally holding the world for hostage <laughs> and electro's just like you want to buy a rolex that's a that says volex why it's a real thing it's a misprint it's cool man it's the same thing it's just they accidentally fucked it up and they can't sell it anyway Uh, sorry so winnipeg so so, yeah no uh that was more interesting to talk about than winnipeg uh so i assume most things are yes quite sorry canada Ah, uh, don't be. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Peter manages to swindle J. Jonah Jameson into sending him on a to-be-extended trip to Canada, uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically just bullshitting his way through coverage, because apparently J. Jonah was like, you should go to Canada! And, and, and Peter was like, no. And then this happened, and he's like, you know what, I'll take you up on that, J.J. And J.J.'s like, the fuck! You know, whatever. I, I am here anytime Peter wants to scam rich people. Sure. Mm. Go for it, man. Mm. Yeah. Do more. Yeah. Take more. Just, anyway. just keep adding on to it, and then we'll eventually get to that wonderful story arc in She-Hulk where they sue each other. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he goes to Canada, and he meets these youth, peewee hockey league kids, and like... Peewee hockey them... league kids who, depending on depiction, either are six or 16, I mean, you know, who can who can say really? 
time is just a number, you know, or age is just a number, you know, like fucking you are how old you feel at any given time or whatever. And that's why that's why age of consent. No, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I am not going there. Uh, that's it. No. A child does like openly drink beer and smoke the cigarettes uh, in oh, this yeah. just like super fucking casually. Like, I, I love how casual they are because they're just like off to the side and like popping brewskis and lighting up cigarettes. And it's like, yeah, no, that's Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, and they have, they have this guy who's coaching them, who I guess was a real hockey player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Her, uh, Herb Carnegie. Uh, he, he was like, oddly enough, Canada has a like long history of, uh, black hockey players, uh, mm-hmm. Herb Carnegie, PK Subban, a, a bunch with, uh, Montreal and they have this like like pantheon status of uh, of hockey heroes in this country and so like having herb carnegie in the comic let, let me just put it this way i was six years old i knew more about herb carnegie than i did spider-man okay yeah yeah whereas so, you know very strange <laughs> like I I went through a period where I liked hockey, but I didn't get far enough into it to, um, you know, get super into the backstory, I guess you could say, the canon. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I have no idea. But, um, but, yeah, so he's teaching these kids hockey and also, weirdly, in the next issue, driving them to science fairs in Fredericton, um, which um that is that's uh about 1200 kilometers if not 1500 kilometers like a thousand miles sure yeah see and i here i was i mean not to not to insult a national treasure here here i was when when we were talking about him I thought you were about to be like, and then he like went down the Jimmy Savile route. And it's just like, <laughs> this is going to all turn very dark, very quickly. No, the uh, darkest thing that occurs in this is a, a bittersweet farewell to the uh, Expos. Okay. Bless well, you. it's just, you know, it it is weird that like, of all of the people who could take these kids to this thing, it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, part-time hobby, hockey coach, sure. Yeah, like, no, totally. Going to the science fair. You know, the science fair in Canada. You know, the, the Canadian science fair. That fair in Fredericton. In Fredericton. <laughs> yeah, and... Well, you couldn't fucking afford the Crystal Palace in Moncton? God! <laughs> um... I laugh, but I have no idea. Uh, uh, it'd be happy you don't. The uh, so yeah, so he he swings around and he's like, "Don't do drugs, kids," and he takes out Electro. Um, but then I don't know. I I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like this no, is like- so all. 
This is so all over the place. The second uh, issue is absolutely the weakest because it's actually trying to like complete a plot. And we're not here for plot. We are here no. for for lessons and hammy fucking like straight down the camera. Hey, kids. Don't. And actually, it's funny that throughout all of this, uh, Peter at no point says don't do drugs. He's just like, make wise decisions. Yeah. It's like all I can picture sometimes is like, uh, you know, a, a middle aged, uh, middle class mother swinging away going, make good choices. Well, or it's so it's so vague. I I prefer to think that Peter's just like, look, you're going to get high. That's fine. <laughs> just make sure you clear your schedule before you do it. Like, don't go to work high. Don't be driving high. OK, you know, like we all like to kind of check out for a little while and that's fine. Um, I I deal with the Green Goblin, the Hobgoblin, Mysterio. I I can't even begin to tell you what the hell like uh, uh, Craven puts in those darts. I'm high most of the time, and I swing around New York. The yeah. damage that could be done. Uh, but yeah, and like the second issue is the science fair. Yeah, and apparently this kid has a science fair project that's so amazing, someone hired the chameleon to <laughs> steal it. And <laughs> what I want more than anything, I kept wanting it to just be like a baking soda volcano. Yes. Like, yes. Like yeah. I, I always is... want him to be low rent as fuck. Like, like, High-powered assassin, uh, always dressing to the nines, and yeah, stealing uh, 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 two dozen cakes, and that's just awful. Yeah, like he 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 steals this girl's notebook <laughs> because of all her highfalutin science, and it's just like, yeah, you mix the baking soda and the vinegar. And like some food coloring, and it's lava. And he's like, mm, "Yes, <laughs> I will, I will get. I will get much money for this." Uh -huh. <laughs> just he tries to sell it to Fisk, and he just gets slapped, like full on hand pump slap. Just yeah, wham. <laughs> and then yeah, so here again, but here again, the whole thing is don't do drugs because. Mm. This other kid is just like popping pills left and right. And even in even compared to the first issue, this one's really weak. Like, yes. Yeah. It's like that it's I, again secondary. Yeah, th this is such a thin plot. It's a it's a two issue plot. It simply like stumbling to a conclusion once it's already done its message after it's spent its seed uh it it, it makes complete sense because it's like ah oh, let's let's just get the fuck out of here let's get yeah. uh, listen i don't want logan to catch wind that i was in canada because i'll never fucking hear the end of it yeah well yeah and the third issue i think is my favorite because because it's badass well not here here's the thing so danny catch is in canada for reasons reasons um and you know ghost rider reasons and a kid gets hit that it turns out is his nephew which bad luck for you bro 
Yeah. Um, that, see, and that that's just so Canadian. Your Canadian cousin, that's the one who gets hit by a car. Why? There was one car in Canada. When Herb is not using it, this drunk asshole is. Well, and I think I would, I would, uh, my, my luck is such that I would just not commit any sort of crimes, not just crimes, but I would just go out of my way to be the nicest person because God forbid you accidentally hurt or injure or otherwise offend someone. And it turns out that's the person who's like second cousin is the Hulk. And the next thing you know, you're some green thing is just plowing through your house. But so this guy hits this kid and we've got all this stuff about the right writers, which cool, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like you're going to be on a bike, be safe, whatever. But the weird thing in all of this is we have, we have the standard, you know, Spider-Man and Ghost Rider are on the same side, but they come to blows because blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, But in the course of all of this, we get my favorite moment which is uh, Ghost Rider tells a bunch of kids to wear their helmets and he threatens them mm-hmm. with like his penance stare mm-hmm. if they don't. And it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Danny, that's a little bit of overkill. Like, yeah, but you, you want to know a really fascinating fucked up thing? What? <laughs> so. Every time I put on a helmet when biking as a kid, I would think of that issue. Because, like, first of all, this is the early 90s, and Ghost Rider is fucking the tits. You know, it's yeah. so awesome. And he appears in something like this, and it was free. I got in school. Ghost Rider? Are you kidding me? Uh, it was it was just fucking awesome. Um, but more importantly, uh, when I was uh, about 15 or so... Uh, I saw my friend get fucking plowed by a car while he was on a bike. Like he's he's fine. His face, half his face turned to leather like fucking uh, Two-Face, but he's fine now. It 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 kind of got better. But literally what what first went through my head aside from like shock was Ghost Rider pointing at a kid and just being like, "Where your goddamn helmet?" I mean, seriously, that's I mean, this guy is out here using this power to reduce grown men who are like pimps and drug dealers and serial killers and just the absolute worst people to tears. And then at the same time, he's just like, wear a helmet or I'll fuck you up. And it's just like, (laughs) come on, man. Why? You can just you can you can give them good advice without threatening their immortal soul over it. Uh, <laughs> He's not but, great with kids, okay? I mean, as much as these as these books care about like the innocent, hmm. like those kids lost their innocence that day. Oh no no! Uh, uh, I I would actually like to to assert uh, they lost their innocence before then because there is a a secret tie-in and I I tried my best to find a digital copy of this but it didn't it doesn't seem to exist it seems that people have tried to wipe it from the internet aside from a couple of basic images whatever for 
Oh, let, let me explain. Uh, so as you may have noticed, uh, the, the kid in this uh, is a Blue Jays fan. Oh. And the the Blue Jays, a couple of Blue Jays appear in this, uh, along with the mute mascot, Jay. I think his name was Jay. Anyway, uh, at the time... Some of in... that Canadian creativity. Oh, yes. Oh, just, just you fucking wait. Just you fucking wait. Uh, at the time, there was a big push in Canada to get like kids really into the Blue Jays, and especially around this time when they won the World Series twice. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Expos, you just can't fucking, like, you, you can't compete with that. And this was, like, the hottest time the Blue Jays ever had. There were literal albums released about the Blue Jays awesome. winning the World Series. It, it's, it's a whole thing. And at the time... Full, su full Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at the time, the Jays were big into these kinds of like programs, you know, like help kids teach them important lessons, stuff like that. And as a part of the contract that involved them in this through things like the Right Writers Association and all that, there is a secondary program that got government funding and it was called the Junior Jays. Have you ever heard of the Junior Jays? Why would you assume I had? Oh no, that it, it, it's probably for the best. And it was it was a a basic like fandom thing, but it was really pushed hard in schools. And mm -hmm. the reason why it was pushed hard in schools is when you became a member of the Junior Jays, you got a free comic book every month. It was in like a digest form, mm -hmm. and so there would be a couple of comic book stories in that, and a couple of like lessons about you know like treating respecting nature uh cultures in canada mm -hmm. uh, uh anti-drug things that is what, what canada does canada does best from what i've heard is respecting cultures oh yeah yeah no it's it's great uh it, it's you know like this is this is the kind of canada that canada wants to be Mm -hmm. uh, and, sure. and so, you know, it, it would have all the kinds of things that you'd hope kids would know, at least you'd hope Canadian kids would know. Um, and it was, but the comics themselves were set around and the membership was set around this idea that <laughs> 82,000 years from now, a, a super intelligent robot who kind of looks like Einstein steals or invents a not TARDIS and goes back in time. And when they crash, the first thing they encounter, a la Transformers and vehicles or dinosaurs, is the Blue Jays. And so the TARDIS gets a giant Blue Jays cap and he transforms into what looks like a very skinny Einstein dressed in a Blue Jays manager uniform. So the full blue baseball uniform and then the blue blazer uh, windbreaker over it. And mm -hmm. he adventures through time and space with young Canadians, teaching them about whatever the fuck the primary lesson is, and, and while also fighting like a vague nefarious empire in the future. And then it goes all Jimmy Savile. Yeah, right? at some point, it, I'm, I'm sure that somewhere involved uh, went Jimmy Savile. But that's I, I wanted so much to to show you a full uh, issue of this because it's just it's so blatant. Someone went, hey, what if we made Doctor Who for the Blue Jays? 
I, that sounds that sounds amazing. I mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, and and so that was funded through the same program as these books. All of okay. this was free to the consumer. Right. Okay. <laughs> so. So yeah. The third issue, the kid survives, the guy gets the pen and stare and is just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And everybody and Ghost Rider and Spider-Man are just like, well, see you later or whatever. Uh, See you the next time we, the new Fantastic Four gets together. Uh, Yeah, and and Spidey doesn't need to be in this issue. He really is superfluous too. And like... I, I don't even think they have. I mean, I th- I think he's like I'm gonna go cover the Jays, and and Jay Jonah's like I I guess, fuck sure. it, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have we have exhausted the original purpose of all of this, and are now just looking for any reason, which is mm-hmm. why the next issue is about a rodeo. Yeah, and, and and that's that's very true because again, this was supposed to be three issues. It, it ends with like the the Jays funded and backed one which has a little bit better art let me just say but the next issue comes out i believe the year later and exist the next two issues exist purely because the first three were such a success okay so they are completely fucking bullshit thrown together well and and that's the thing because here again like there doesn't really seem to be much of a moral it's just so First of all, we have Texas Twister and Shooting Star uh, at a rodeo. And if you're not familiar, Texas Twister is a character who is able to create twisters and be from Texas. And Shooting Star has the power of being a Nepo baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, and I mean that literally because her origin is her dad bought her special guns. That's it. Um, and so they're doing a thing at a, at a, uh, rodeo. It's the Calgary Stampede, if I recall. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard about that, but only because of a Kyle Canane joke. So, yeah, pretty much. uh, they're at this and like Peter is sitting with a scientist and his daughter when the Frightful Four attack and... So I want to talk about this. I I support the idea of um of empowering people with disabilities, empowering people to, you know, yeah, great. But the way a lot of this comes across is very um, are you familiar with the YouTuber Sean? I've heard of. Okay. He has a great video about Harry Potter. Okay. Mm. And in that, like, he gets into, like, a lot of the issues with the Harry Potter series and J.K. Rowling's neoliberal worldview. And one of the things he brings up is the way that J.K. Rowling views bigotry. Um, in that... You know, in Harry Potter, when bigotry comes up, like when they talk about, well, Malfoy is against um, 
is against people who were born of muggles or what have you and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he's wrong, of course, because Hermione was born in a muggle family and she's amazing. And Neville is a pure blood and he sucks. And the idea is that bigotry is wrong because it's incorrect. Um, and that, you know, it fails to understand that someone like Malfoy considers even a shitty pure blood wizard like Neville Longbottom to be worth 10 of someone like Hermione simply by virtue of the fact that he's a pure blood. And the implication of all of this is, yeah, but Malfoy's wrong. Look at all the stuff you can do. But if you couldn't do that, then he would be totally right to hate you. Yeah, and yeah. that that is the way... That's why representation in comics and other things is a very fine line to walk um, because so many of them sort of dip into that. I'm in a wheelchair, but look at all the amazing things I can do. And it's just like, yeah, but you're all, it's enough that you're a human being, you know? Yeah. And that's the way this kind of comes across is like, I am in a wheelchair, but I'm able to overcome that. And it's like, this is what are you doing? Um, <laughs> and yeah, this it's, well, it's frankly because it comes from the same time. It comes from that same neoliberal perspective. Yeah. And the, yeah, at the time it was considered progressive to just be like, oh, this one's really awesome though. It, it kind of yeah. like how um, uh, the kid in the wheelchair in the Burger King Kids Club Wheels was also wheels. Yeah. Wheels was also like super techie. Yeah. It's just, yeah, no, he couldn't just be there. No, he has to be like a cyborg. Well, of course <laughs> this is, this is the sort of thing that continues to, I mean, my daughter, uh, watches the, uh, Robert Rodriguez came out with a superhero kids movie. Mm -hmm. uh, that takes place in the same universe as Shark Girl, or Shark Boy and Lava Girl, sorry. In fact, Shark Boy and Lava Girl are all grown up and have a kid in this one. And in that, there's a kid who's in a wheelchair, and he's like, I bet you think it's because my legs aren't strong enough, but in fact, it's that they're too strong. And actually, like, I just have, my bones aren't able to handle how strong my legs are. And it's like, that's weird. It could just be a kid who's in a wheelchair. Like, why do you have to make it all weird? Yeah. Uh, and I don't, it, I don't mean to, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. By, by doing that, you're overcorrecting and implying that the validity of someone in a wheelchair or with a disability is based on their ability to overcome it and not their in, innate humanity yeah. and that's very much how this issue is and also yeah. the frightful four suck and uh shooting star is a nepo baby yeah, um and and this is like like uh you know so those are those are entirely valid issues that are probably like let's put those at, at number one those are the uh, number one issues that this comic has where it's just like uh she's super awesome and she has a rocket chair fuck yeah mm -hmm. uh 
issue two, though, is this is definitely the most Albertan issue ever. Um, it, it says a lot about them because, uh, as you say, it's it's kind of meaningless, um, aside from maybe like respect people with disabilities, sort of. Uh, of right. all these issues, it's the one because that they has... may be a superhero and yeah. for no other reason. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's of all these issues, it's kind of the most like lost one, and it feels so just like forced in there of like, and Alberta's here too. And it's like, okay, Alberta, what what have you got to show us? Uh, do you have a athletes or anything? And it's like, no, but we've got these Texans. And it's like, ah, yes, the great Albertan. Uh, uh, you know, uh, was it uh, the great the great Albertan Napoleon complex in which you all wish that you were actually Texans? Ridiculous province, uh, full on, full on ridiculous province. And so the fact that like a villain group and a superhero group who are not at all from Alberta, they're Americans, show up and do battle at the Calgary Stampede is like, that would make Calgarians cream themselves. I swear to God. I can hear Stephen Harper go, uh, uh, uh. he's a former prime minister from Calgary for people who, who have no, yeah. Um, he was a fascist. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, as an American, I know absolutely nothing about other countries. So it helps to, uh, it helps to provide context like that because otherwise I might have to learn it myself and like, ew. Well, there is a terrific run of Alpha Flight uh, from the last couple of years of Stephen Harper in which he more or less tries to use them as a personal corruption weapon. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's it's very overt that it's like that's Stephen Harper, he's hmm. a dick. Is that the uh, Captain uh, Canuck run or whatever? When ooh, I I believe so. It was like mid two thousands. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably, and probably like, a little bit later. There was barely anybody from like alpha flight proper it was mostly just like random other canadian heroes heroes pretty much heroes. uh and uh yeah like yeah uh so yeah th this this issue uh the 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 spirit is understandable but also well off the mark and horribly dated my my favorite <laughs> my favorite thing is so like i said there's a Kyle Kinane joke about Calgary. He tells yeah. this whole story about getting kicked out of Calgary because he had a DUI. And uh and he'd been in Canada since getting the DUI and he's like and you know, DUI it's stupid, it's bad. I'm fortunate in that I didn't hurt anybody and you shouldn't drink and drive. And he's like, but I'd had the DUI. I went to Canada a few times and uh and I got to Calgary and on the outside they they were having a rodeo and they'd painted the whole windows of the airport to be the rodeo. Uh, you know, the windows, which are usually the thing you want to see to see the new place you've come to. And they're like, yeah, you're not missing much. There's a rodeo going on. And uh, he gets to the he gets to the counter and hands them his passport. And they're just like, OK, well. We're sending you back. And he's like, why? And uh, 
they're like, well, you know, you it's so it shows there that you had a DUI, and uh, we here in Calgary, um, we will we don't we frown on that sort of thing. So we're sending you back to the United States, and he's like, but I've been here since then. I've been to Toronto, and I've been to uh you know winnipeg and all these other places and the lady was just like yeah well this is calgary <laughs> and he's like yeah you're the shittiest one mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, that's anyway. true it's not even yeah. edmonton i mean Ed- edmonton's better if, if you if you find yourself in alberta just head north go to edmonton sweet fuck <laughs> yeah so yeah we have a rodeo one and then our last one is a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like this one is, uh, it, it's kind of an apology for any frustrations it might have had previously, and also a semi-celebration run, because, yeah, uh, the lesson in this is more or less um, uh, Norman Osborne, or uh, uh, Harry Osborne has uh, deep-seated father and parental issues. <laughs> Which, I don't know if you knew that. Having ever <laughs> read Spider-Man, that Harry Osborn has issues with fatherhood. So yeah, this this one um, again, this comes like months later, and so in the canon of Spider-Man, he you know like the time he left chasing Electro keeps getting pushed further and further, and so this right. was approaching, I believe, Amazing Spider-Man five hundred. Something like that. And it's, it's the super special issue when uh, Norman comes back and reveals, like, I've, it was me all along, Austin. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great issue because it's just full on 90s nonsense of like, I'm not dead. Ah! And the he whole is a clone far saga was me. Will you buy that? Well, is that a good explanation? Can we stop doing the clone saga, please? God. Uh. Uh, but at the time, Harry was going through some issues, and he had a child named Normie, little Normie, and little Normie was not safe around him, and so Mary Jane and Peter, who were married at this time, uh, more or less, like, took custody of him and were raising him, and every now and then, Normie would, or Norma, uh, Harry would walk around New York and see Mary Jane and Normie and have a complete mental breakdown right there on the pavement. Like you do. As you do. Uh, I, and I am, it is nice that they finally allowed Normie to reach the cusp of puberty uh, <laughs> recently. <laughs> I, you know, I felt terrible that that he... Like every other child has been allowed to grow up to some degree, mm. and Normie is still just like prop, like <laughs> he's because they know inevitably it's like listen, we gotta get this kid on a goblin glider or kill him. There's only two options. He's sitting there like forty years old, <laughs> and I've never so much to so much as touched a woman. <laughs> Just just him and Aunt May passing age back and forth to each other, like in fucking life force. Well, yeah, it's like somewhere in the, the Osborne attic, there's a, uh, there is uh, a, a portrait of Normie that is an adult and not a virgin anymore. <laughs> and he hates that motherfucking thing so much. Just like... <laughs> 
Oh man, he's he's the kid from Passions. <laughs> that wasn't a was that a kid or I thought that was a haunted like leaf doll or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was no that that thing was full of leaves like. It was it was like sewn and shit. It was like uh, Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Why do I know that? I I've seen so little of that show, but that I know. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> we're off the rails. Uh, anyway, sorry. So, um, because MJ is, I do have a... a few more things to say about Normie's balls, but. <laughs> So, because MJ is, of course, a celebrity, uh, when she shows up at the Jays game, uh, Fan Appreciation Day, that, uh, again, Parker is, or not the Jays game, the Expos game, uh, again, Parker has been managed to, to swindle not only uh, uh, another ticket uh, to to uh, out of JJ, but uh, now MJ's there as well, and probably calling in room service all the goddamn time. She's... Yeah, it's fucking MJ. Of course, well, she is. but she's a model. She can afford it. Peter. Oh, can't. yeah. 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 But that shit's getting charged to the Daily Bugle. Thank you. For sure. Uh, this is the early 90s and he is a traveling photographer for a major newspaper. They can still fucking afford it. Yeah. He'll uh, he'll take like a single photo of her in front of <laughs> the dugout and expense all of it. Um, <laughs> there was a battle with Spider-Man. Oh, I fucking hate that guy. Did you get photos? Uh, uh, no, no, sorry. Um, here's my wife. <laughs> well, I'll take that. <laughs> I can which sucks. Cause I try to sell my vacation photos and no one wants them, but like the weird dude at the bus station. <laughs> Who oddly, uh, also is named JJ. Yeah, but not J. Jonah Jameson. It's more anyway, like John John, and he's got like a scar on his forehead. <laughs> I don't know. A, I'm going in just, weird directions right now. It just now. says 316 there, and you don't want to ask why. Mm, uh, anyway. A, anyway, so yeah, uh, uh, Harry sees this on a television and has a complete final breakdown and decides to goblin up and fly to Montreal from New York on a goblin glider. Just going to say Which, that, like. That is, <laughs> let's see. How far is that? Uh, that is 372 miles. Uh, which As is. As the goblin flies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 372 miles in kilometers is 598.6 kilometers. Uh, incredible thigh muscles. My God. To be, to be squatting that whole time. Incredible. Yeah. Well, do you think, do you think it has like a mode where he can kind of sit for a little while or <laughs> something? I mean, I mean it's it's one thing it's one thing in short bursts, but like it to to do that because this is this says it's like several hours if you're flying straight there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. Like even with a goblin serum, that's gotta be rough. Like, oh yeah, 
by the time he gets there, he's going to like step off that thing and immediately collapse because his leg muscles are just like, nope, can't do it anymore. Do you, do you think he like he, he got there and like took a breather hovering around the city or something? So, you know, like, yeah, piss off the side of it. Do a couple of like, you know, just have a seat, stretch your legs. And then it was like, all right, on to Spider-Man. I, you know. Things like that are so I mean, it is so weird to think. I re- I recognize that I overthink these things, but hi, I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> it, it's what we do. It's we we overthink stuff and we bully women on the internet. Um, but the the idea of just you know Harry and Norman at any given time that they're not uh, engaged in high level negotiations or goblining are just sitting there with a thigh master just working away <laughs> like. Gotta gotta stay trim. That that glider is unforgiving. You th- you think you you think you nail leg day? No, you have got nothing on me. Uh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Just, you can t- you, that that that's how Parker really notices. Like you know that Norman and Harry are are the Green Goblin. It's like look at the fucking size of their thighs. Jesus Christ! The only Pearson I know, like oh my God! <laughs> I uh, who is the who is the character Famke Jansen played in Bond that was like thigh killing everybody? Zina that's, on a top. There we go on a top. God, <laughs> I think my favorite thing about the Bond franchise is the subtlety. Um, yeah, the. Like if that became gob the goblins like signature move, just you know, oh yeah, I have the bombs, and I have like the bat uh stuff, and I've got the glider with all the knives on it, but if it gets really up close and personal, I'm gonna crack their head like a walnut. I'm I'm just trying to imagine, like, the awkwardness of, like, he finally nails Parker, and Parker's like, all right, Norman, get off me, and he just starts squeezing and making eye contact. Oh, that's the worst part. Just Norman just sitting there boring a hole in your skull, like... (laughs) And just getting tighter and tighter. Ah! Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I'm... (laughs) I'm turned on now. I can. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the Montreal Expos beat the fucking shit out of Harry. <laughs> you know, should have done the thigh attack. <laughs> and 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 then he flies home on a beaten to shit glider again, five hundred kilometers. Except mm-hmm. this time, going putt 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 putt. And I just can't sure. help if like. The Canadian military saw my radar and was like, there he goes, fucking off back home. Should we launch a missile up his ass? Why? <laughs> no, no. Let him go. <laughs> He's, He's learned, learned his, his lesson. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think maybe, you know, he'll come out of this a better person. Yeah. I yeah think he's never going to touch drugs. And he always signals 
uh, when he <laughs> comes up to an air switch. Just on on the goblin glider, throwing a, throwing up like the making a left turn. Or whatever That's how it, it is. That's absolutely how it should have ended. Like and the, the the completion of this entire saga is he goes up to like a stop sign. It's like ah, helmet like, with the stickers on it. <laughs> flies past some kids doing a drug deal. Like, hey, no, piss off. I'll be back for you. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and yeah, at is... some point, I guess I guess Peter gets home and files some bullshit with JJ. <laughs> Honestly, like out of all the scenes in this book, out of all the weird meandering things that this series did, that's the what I I actually want to see that bit. Like, let me see. Peter tried to turn in the receipts and the photos for all of this to Jonah and just be like, I'd like to be reimbursed, please. And Jonah's just like, get the fuck out of my office. And, and, and yeah, he just walks right out the Daily Bugle uh, uh, front door, straight into issue 500, and Norman beating the fucking shit out of him. Sure. Why like, not? Perfect. Happy anniversary, Spider-Man. Happy anniversary. He's gonna crush your head. <laughs> oh. uh, canon ending new canon ending <laughs> there we go yeah if i ever get a chance to write green goblin that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have him just like leg lock somebody and just you know i mean even if it's not the head even if it's around the waist like he just gets his leg around them legs around them and squeezes and they like get bisected or something like yeah yeah and like Hell because yeah. it because Norman's so far gone, so twisted, there's nothing sexual about it, but it should all be vaguely sexual. It's just no, everything mm, no, is sexual to... about it. Everything <laughs> is sexual about it. Like that's the that's the thing. Not only is he going to do that, not only is going he going to stare at them the entire time, but he's gonna have just the erection <laughs> which in that costume you know everybody's gonna be able to see it no problem <laughs> it's just gonna be like everybody is gonna be sitting there going holy shit the green goblin is packing and he's into it what is <laughs> you know <laughs> to the surprise of no new yorker i am sure Spider-Man goes to goes to fight him and is just like, you know what? No, no, no I'm so no. this one he gets. This is this one. This is a win for him. I <laughs> mm, no. I'll, I'll see you later, Norman. And you can Look tell which family. one's <laughs> you can tell which one's Norman and Harry because Harry uh, doesn't measure up. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh shit that's norman whoa <laughs> norman's is like a baby arm and harry's like <laughs> harry's average like you know nothing spectacular it's not it's not anything to be ashamed of necessarily but clearly 
he did not get those jeans. Um, <laughs> he got the hair and nothing else. He got the hair. Uh, he got the crazy, but he <sighs> did not. He did not uh, luck out, which, you know, that's just unfair. Uh, you know, if you've got to deal with all the other shit, the least you should do is is get the giant cock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope they start drawing him like Kendall Roy going forward. <laughs> sure, why not? I haven't yeah. seen Succession. I oh, it's oh, it's perfect. It, I'm like, terrible. Yeah. I know. Yada yada yada. Nah, like uh, just just uh, just think that like reimagine them as the Osborne clan, and it's like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I uh, fat Brian Cox uh, on a goblin glider, great thighs, with an enormous erection. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I think that uh, takes us to the end of that episode. <laughs> I just, you know, the major thing is like, um, I don't know. I live in the U.S. and it's just like, yeah, I know rich people suck. Why? Yeah, I know. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> that was a good. On, uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> on the, on that high note, um. If for some reason you want to listen to more of this, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, you know, email us at multiversomarketing at gmail.com. You know, send us your fan art of of Norman and Harry with just giant obvious erections. And massive thighs. Yeah. I, you know, (laughs) hell yeah. Do it. (laughs) What is the internet for, if not that? I ask you.